they were almost reflecting to me parts of myself, parts of me that I found unpleasant, annoying, parts that I didn't want to interact with, parts that I didn't want to see. And so over time, it, it also kind of put me into this crisis mode of realizing, yeah, I, I'm not always pleasant to be around to other people or even to myself. People of Creston City, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. <laughs> just talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human, our three-part series on the power of being present, where this episode, number three, we bring to you the walking the streets of your own heart. I am Blake, your co-host, and with me is... Hi, I'm Shayla, the other co-host. And back again, we have Jeff and Anya, two of our formator staff at Christ in the City. So great to have you two with us. And in the last episode the power of being present in talking about what children can teach us about listening. Jeff and Anya really just dove into looking at the wonder and curiosity that children have towards the world and towards the other. And they see so much more than just what is in front of them and how as formators and as missionaries go to the streets and encounter the homeless, how when we look at the homeless, we look at them hopefully with lack of judgment, right? Truly wanting to hear their story, seeing that there is a depth, a beauty to that person. And with that, Jeff gave a little exercise of just kind of following around a fellow missionary and just observing and learning more about them. And with that, Jeff and Anya gave us some great tips, some great practicals. Uh, and hopefully you were able in the last couple of weeks to work on just trying to see the beauty in the other through observing the other, right? Finding a way to love them after observing maybe your spouse, your husband, your wife, your children, the poor maybe that you walk by on your way to work. And then Anya really challenged us to just learn from a child, just to really watch them and see how they interact with the world. I love that challenge of watching children and like seeing the different ways that they respond to things than we do. I just think it's it's super interesting and a really, really great way to to understand the heart and the mind of a child and take the good things from that and take the good things and apply that into our own lives. Yeah. And as we look at last week's episode, right, we walked. So part one being just learning to listen to understand rather than to respond. Part two, just being this childlike curiosity. And part three, walking the streets of your own heart, right? And when we talk about the homeless and even some of the fellow missionaries, that our missionaries go out and meet and encounter, one of our favorite words, when they go and encounter them, you know, there are always those people who are easy to talk to. There are those homeless, those friends in the street, those you know, poor maybe in the prisons or nursing homes or even amongst community members who are just easy to get along with. They're fun. Uh, you know, they they just have that magnetic personality, that charismatic personality. And sometimes the homeless fellow missionaries, they can be harder to talk to. 
And let's be honest, we are not ignorant here. And sometimes there are very unpleasant conversations we have on the streets with our friends and just some unpleasant people to talk to. Yet we go to them still, right? As missionaries, we go to them still. In the community, we still come back, right? That presence. And Anya, I mean, mean, from your own experience as a missionary, how did you experience this and go through this? Yeah, I've definitely had my share of unpleasant conversations with people on the streets and people I lived with too. But I think over time, it became almost terrifying in a way to continue to have these these meetings with these people and to start to see myself in them, even in that unpleasantness. And I guess what I mean by that, it was terrifying in a way because all these parts of these people that I thought were unpleasant, that I didn't want to see, that I didn't want to interact with, I realized that they were almost reflecting to me parts of myself, parts of me that I found unpleasant, annoying, parts that I didn't want to interact with, parts that I didn't want to see. And so over time, it it also kind of put me into this crisis mode of realizing, yeah, I, I'm not always pleasant to be around to other people or even to myself. I think that's... That's very key and interesting to this to this third episode um, of this series is because, you know, going out to the streets is something very physical. It's something that you can like tangibly do. And yeah, going on a street walk, that's something that, um, th- that our missionaries do, you know, multiple times a week. But what we're talking about in this episode, and we've worded it in a clever way of like going on a street walk or walking the streets of your own heart is something a little bit harder and a little bit scarier to do internally. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited today to to learn how to walk the streets of your own heart. It's, it's a very beautiful way to put it, but I think it can be a bit intimidating. Yeah, and I guess maybe to begin, how do we do this? I think one of the things we talk about with the missionaries on the streets, it's interesting, is safety and, you know, looking at the situation, seeing if there's any danger, where do we go, and always going out in groups, mm. right? No one and ever, ever walks the streets alone, and there's certain places that you would never go alone. And I think to begin to do this with ourselves, it's important that if we try to encounter these parts of ourselves alone, it is going to be a terrifying experience and right. is going to be very difficult. And so that would be the first thing that I'd say is, for one, if that's placing yourself in the presence of God and realizing that God is here with you and he's going to walk through this with you. And sometimes, honestly, and I think this is a lot of what we do as formators with the missionaries, is we are that person that walks the streets of their hearts with them. Mm. And if so you have just a good friend that you can, you can count on or maybe you want to trust a little bit more, to just explore this with you, I think that's fundamental. Right, because we, I mean, we, for some parts of our heart, we ought not to walk alone there, you know? And a lot of times when diving deep, when going to those deeper places, we know it's not safe to go alone. And so I, I love that. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Chris Stefanik in one of his talks uh, had a quote, you know, like going into your mind by yourself is like walking into a dark alley. You're going to get beat up every time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just love that analogy. And, and that is what you formators do for our missionaries. I mean, the formators did it for me as a missionary. They even help Shayla, right? The formators even help our other staff members totally, yeah. and any volunteers we may have. And the missionaries do that 
with the homeless in a way, right? Helping them see these parts. Yeah, and I think the beauty of having someone else walk through this with you, whether that, you know, is is God plus another person, is this idea almost that they can teach you how to see yourself. If you can walk through these parts of your heart that you find so embarrassing or shameful or or just ugly, honestly, and someone can walk through those with you and show you that they're still here with you through that and that is not enough to turn them away that is so informative for how you can look at yourself and how you can start to view the way that your heart is with its good and bad. If someone can just accompany you through that almost and tell you, you know, this isn't the most beautiful thing ever and this isn't the most polished thing ever and yet I still think that it is a beautiful heart, that is honestly one of the most healing things that we want our missionaries to do with our friends on the street, absolutely, and that we hope to do as formators too. It's, it can be so scary though. Like I, I just going to those deeper parts of your heart. Um, how do you get to that place where like, it's okay to go there? Like what, what advice do you have, especially even with walking with the missionaries, like just to go to those, those deeper parts of your heart, taking a street walk through there, like that, that can be super intimidating. Yeah, and it, and it can be intimidating depending on the attitude that you have and the accompaniment that you have. And so I guess what I wanted to bring to mind was the image that we had in our last episode about a child mm. and this childlike curiosity who's walking into his heart with his father or with a very good friend and just just kind of exploring. And I an image comes back to me. I have a picture of myself when I was four years old and I'm holding three garter snakes. I'm just holding them up, and I'm having a blast with these <laughs> things, right? Jeff comes from a farm. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all about those in North Dakota. <laughs> so I, I often like to use the image of when we turn inward and we begin to look alone at our, those parts of ourself that we can't stand or we're just terrified of, we will see this giant anaconda, right? We will see this terrifying, venomous viper, right? That's just, it seems impossible or dangerous to go there. When we become like children and we can have this kind of like this childlike curiosity that we were talking about of like, gosh, this part of me seems really scary, but what if I, you know what, what if I take away that label? I've labeled this part of myself as unlovable or terrifying or just I hate this part of myself. I can't stand you. Life would be better without you. What if I remove that label, that filter, and I approach this as a child, as I'd never experienced this part of myself before, and I just become to have this curiosity about things? When we do that, I think that instead of getting this huge anaconda that's terrifying, we get these, this this child that I have, that that's me, you know, holding these three garter snakes and I'm just having fun with them. You know, I'm not even, not only am I not scared, I'm actually like playing with them. I'm actually able to have a sense of humor about them. I'm actually able to kind of integrate them into my life and, and give them a little bit of space and, and they might have something to teach me. And, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'd go first. When I, as a missionary, I remember going through that with my formators, Oh my gosh, did I think my problems and the things I didn't like about myself were big deals. <laughs> like those huge anacondas. 
And now my wife and I just laugh about them. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm actively trying to grow in them. But man, it is just so entertaining remembering back as a missionary and, and our missionaries go through this experience so much of like so afraid to look at ourselves, so afraid to let anyone see those parts of ourselves. And then once once they're out there, you're like, huh, no one ran away. Uh, hey, everyone's still here. You know, you're afraid to open your eyes and see who's going to be around. And at, going through this as a missionary, um, I then saw that on the streets, right? Like I could see that, oh, I wanted to run away from my problems. And, you know, with the homeless, there was never anything I heard that made me believe or that I believed like I needed to, oh my gosh, like I, that's the Lord can't work in that. Right. Like there's nothing. The Lord has, has conquered this earth. And and I think it's such a beautiful thing because when our missionaries learn this, they're able to then accompany the homeless and whoever the poor may be in your life. Like remembering that if we learn how to deal with our own things like this, we can then help others. And it's that beautiful gift. But I mean, let's let's go back to the basics. Like, why do we need to take a walk through the street of our heart? Like what what is necessary like, why would I even care to do that or find someone to do that with me? I think in many ways it's so important because we we can't exist in a bubble. So the way that we relate to other people or that they relate to us is always influenced um, by the other. And I guess what I mean by that is we're constantly influenced by other people and they're constantly influenced by us. And so I think if we start to grow in this desire to be able to look at other people, be able to listen to them, to be present with them, it starts to influence the way that we see ourselves. And I think if you really delve in that, into that desire to listen to other people, it starts to create in you a desire to be able to treat yourself that way, to look at yourself in that way, and to honestly to reverence yourself in that way too, because we are relational. And so we kind of always are feeding off of the way that we view others and forms the way that we view ourselves and vice versa. Yeah, just to feed off of that, the virtues that we cultivate in, in ourselves, toward ourselves, in relationship to ourselves, are the same virtues that we apply to others. The more I can be compassionate with myself, the more I'm actually capable of compassion with others. And something that often happens, I think, for missionaries is they have such an easy time going and having compassion for our homeless friends. But with themselves, it's so difficult. It seems really impossible. And I think what they begin to realize is, can you really, can you really love another person if you haven't learned to love yourself? Because sometimes when we go out to the streets and we do an act of charity, we just, we feel better about ourselves, right? It feels good. And we're like, hey, like I'm, I'm doing good. I'm a pretty good person. And it's, it's kind of filling like this doubt that I have about myself that maybe I'm not worthy, you know? And we realize at a certain point, and I think the re missionaries realize this, this too, is that part of the reason they're going out to serve homeless is because actually there's a hole in themselves that they're trying to fill. And if they continue doing this, it's just not sustainable and it's actually not loving. It's actually self-serving. I'm actually going out to encounter the homeless in order to serve myself and feel better about myself. And so if I'm not willing to go into my own heart and encounter that, encounter that all of myself is lovable, 
the compassion, the level, the depth of the compassion that I will have for those around me is a whole nother level. I mean, I, I totally agree, but why do you, why is it so much harder to like go inward? Why? I'm just like, <clears throat> I would love to hear you know, what you think and why you think it's so much, it's so much more difficult when the missionaries are going to the streets and our volunteers that are coming through, through our doors to come and serve with us, whether it be at lunch or to come out to the streets with us as well. It's coming from such a good place in their heart and they're really wanting to go out to, to find the broken and be with to be with the broken, but why is it so much harder to be with our own brokenness and to, to discover that and really encounter ourselves? I think in many ways, this inability to encounter oneself is because we're, we're never separate from ourselves. And so this idea of meeting oneself um, is so foreign to us in many ways because we're our own constant companion. Everything we see is through our own eyes. Um, everything we see is through our own lenses. And so it is so, so difficult for us to take a step back and find a, a distance between our, almost ourselves and ourselves and look at what we see in ourselves, in our hearts with the same mercy and compassion that we find it um, in many ways so easy to see our friends on the street with or um, people in our lives with. And especially, I think this rings true for the missionaries they're very compassionate people, and they are people who um, have a deep desire to love, and yet finding that space where they can take a step back and just look at themselves in that same way is often very difficult. When we hear that, like, that we need the other, and it's like sometimes we just go and give and give, and it's like trying to fill this hole in us. Well, the beautiful mystery is somehow, we, like, that's not fake, right? Like, that's not fake giving. That's not not real but there is a difference when we meet those people and the missionaries have that transformation right and i it's an ongoing forever transformation i i would like to tell you there was like a before and after for me but it was just like i'm still growing i still you know need to feel that like just to learn to love myself more we all do and one really like fascinating part of this is when we see those people who truly have seen the mercy of God in themselves, like God forgiving them and they've forgiven themselves, the way they love the homeless and the poor and our friends in the streets and their community members is with so much gentleness. You can just tell, right? So so back to my original question of, of like, why do you need to look at yourself? It's like, it just flows. Once we know, once we have experienced this love, the only answer is to then go love with that love and mercy we've received. The flip side of that coin to what you're trying to explain, Blake, is that if we don't encounter these parts of ourselves, they're still there. They're not going anywhere. And just like a child, I remember my niece one time, just I was trying to talk with her dad, and she just started saying, Dad, Dad, Dad. Dad, and when we were trying to have this conversation, and yeah. he's like, Dad, 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 and she just kept getting louder, and he was like, what? And she's like, I just ate a carrot. And, <laughs> and then she was chill, and then we started talking again, and that's all she wanted was just be acknowledged. And I think in the same way with homelessness, a lot of times we just want, it's not pretty in our cities to see people sleeping on the streets, and so we just, we pour all these resources into just trying to get rid of it, Right. To just we pour millions and millions of dollars of just trying to get rid of 
homelessness. And there's all these different strategies. And what we're trying to propose is, what if we just go out and befriend the homeless? And I think that's what we need to do with ourselves. The harder we try to get rid of the homeless, I just, I just think it's going to get worse and worse, right? That's what we're seeing. With ourselves, the harder and harder we try to like suppress this and just say, no, you know what? I can live without you. The louder they're going to get and they're going to react and, and they're going to be very hurt. And that's going to show and manifest itself in some way or another. Jeff, that is so wise. Like that just understanding of like the more we try to suppress, the louder and louder it gets. And we do all kinds of things to suppress and spend so much efforts and, you know, whether I'm talking about myself or even the poor, right? It's, it's hard to look at, right? Like the poor, it is hard to look the poor in the eyes and see them and know that they're hurting. It's hard to look at ourselves. And what do we, what do, we do with the streets? We go and just be with them. What, do we, or what, what are you guys proposing to do for ourselves to go look in our, just find someone to be with you? I think that is just so wise, so wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that that does kind of answer my question a little bit. Why is it the hardest is because we always have to be with ourselves. You know, that's why if I can't stand myself, that's going to show, you know, and that is going to be obvious to the people around me. But if I can work through the things in my life, if I can love myself, that's also going to show. And that's ultimately going to want make me want to love others, like Blake said earlier. But yeah, as we are wrapping up, this final episode of our three-part series, I think it's really important and and intentional that we save the self for last because it's the hardest one to master. You know, listening to yourself and being present with yourself, that is the the hardest part of, of being present is to be able to know yourself and know yourself well. But yeah, Jeff and Anya, as we are entering into this new year, there's going to be a lot of New Year's resolutions going around. You know, people are going to be trying all the latest workout plans and everything like that. But I think we can all take a step back and do something a little bit simpler. And I was just wondering if you have any practical tips to wrap up this series of how to be present with self. I guess what I would begin with is just finding a little bit of time of silence for yourself making more spaces for silence. If that means on your drive to work, instead of having music on, just being in silence, obviously having moments of prayer in silence, but even just setting aside a couple of minutes at the end of the day, just five minutes of just doing nothing and just being with yourself and maybe choosing one moment throughout the day where you, you weren't that proud of yourself or, you know, there's a pet peeve of yours or there's this part of yourself that, gosh, I hope they didn't see this about me. Just spend that time with yourself. Like give yourself that time. Your time is the most valuable thing you have to give, right? We're in this constant time poverty. We only have so much time. Time is the most valuable thing you can give to anybody and including yourself. So just giving yourself a space where you can just chat with that part of yourself and say, and empathize in the same way, you know, help that part of yourself express themselves. Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. And almost just to add another layer onto that, I think it's so important to recognize we have this internal monologue that is constant with ourselves. We're always talking to ourselves and that might not even take the form of speaking to ourselves in words, but it's always 
it's always kind of thoughts, even if they're very nebulous, it's sort of movements um, internally, the way that we think of ourselves and communicate with our own selves. And so I think I just want to encourage everyone when, you know, if you take that time to just listen to yourself, to pay attention to the way that you are talking to yourself, what does that internal monologue look like? And specifically, is the way that you talk to yourself a way that you would allow yourself to talk to anyone else? Or with the things you say to yourself, would you never let those words actually pass your lips because they're they're so harsh or so um, critical? And so just paying attention to the way that you treat yourself in that sort of constant communication you have with yourself. That's amazing. Thank you for both of those. I'm really excited to practice those from here on out. Yeah, in this three-part series, right, on <clears throat> the power of being present, right, first and foremost how to listen to um, understand rather than listening to respond. And then, of course, this next thing of what can, chi- what can children teach us about curiosity and listening and, you know, seeing the deeper meaning, reverencing the other person. And finally, this listening to yourself, right? Taking a walk into the streets of your own heart. And all this is being present, right? In this moment, being with God, being with the other, which is the face of God in the other, and seeing God in yourself. And at Christ in the City, whether it be with the homeless, with the missionaries, with our volunteers, or all those around, this is a way you can live our mission wherever you may be, right? Just being present. And we encourage you all to do that. And I definitely think I'm going to be uh, re-listening to Anya and Jeff. You guys just <laughs> spit some wisdom, and we are so grateful for you joining us and sharing, yeah, just a little bit about your life as a formator. Seriously, we are so thankful to have you have you on today, and I, I can bet our listeners are very thankful to have you on as well. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, guys. From the Christ in the City crew here in Denver, we thank you, family, for joining us. And we, again, thank Anya and Jeff, and can't wait to see you on the next episode. God bless. See you next time. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons, would say, If I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians and small groups across the country doing Christ in the City-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, exclusive videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. Again, check us out more at ChristInTheCity.org. 
God bless you.